Hi, it's Lou Rosenfeld. Welcome to the latest Rosenfeld Review Podcast. I'm really happy to have Michael Polifka with me. Hi, Michael. How are you? Lou, I'm doing really well. Thank you. It's nice to uh, finally connect. Likewise. Uh, I know that um, you've been uh, working with a, a friend of ours on and off for a few years, uh, Maria GDC. Yep. Uh, so it's good to have uh, her in common. Great person. You spoke so highly of you. I think the words are one of the best human beings I know. And with that comes a whole lot of excitement to finally get to you know, talk with you. Well, I'm, I, I was going to say I'm, I'm wordless. I, I kind of am, but uh, uh, <laughs> that's, that just raises the bar and I'm going to implode right now. So I guess we can just end this podcast. So Michael is uh, someone who um, has an interesting path that I bet you uh, many of you might find yourselves on right now. Um, I, I admire his uh, um, ability to survive 25 years in agencies like Jet Day and Hot Studio. Not that there's anything wrong with those places, but uh, if you know me, I have a, I have a slight allergy to, to the agency world. Um, but now, Michael's in a role uh, at Autodesk, uh, working with Maria, where he's director and chief of staff for experience design. So that's a really interesting path. And I've been talking more and more to people like Michael, who have titles like chief of staff, which I, six months ago, I hadn't encountered anyone in our field with a title like that. Now they're popping up all over the place. And not surprisingly, it's partly in, in the context of me trying to learn about something that people like Dave Maloof call uh, design ops, design operations. We're stealing the framing of DevOps and trying to um, make sense of what it means to build operations out to support design in, in a large organization. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. And by the way, if you're interested in this topic, you might wanna go over to Design Ops Summit Dot com because that is where uh, the site will soon be. There's actually a landing page there now. You can join a mailing list, but we are putting on a conference called the Design Ops Summit in New York City, November 6th through 8th. Michael's going to be one of our speakers. I'm happy to report, but I should actually let him do some speaking here. So <laughs> Great intro. Thank you. Well, let me, let me put you on the spot first. Uh, you, you confessed to being something of an introvert, so, but you already put me on the spot and, and one good turn deserves another. Uh, would, would you be willing to hazard a, a definition of design ops? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, it's something I live, so I can certainly go there. I may be verbose or I may be pretty quick. I think at the core for me, it's really, it's an, it, it's an active thing. It's about creating an ecosystem where designers can do their best work. Uh, I think it's around creating organizational structure. I think it has to do with creating support channels and helping focus. Uh, I think in most of my career, going back into the days uh, of being a producer and someone that was about getting things done, most of that job was about clearing the space so designers could design, engineers could engineer, and people that would write could write. It's about letting them do their thing and then bringing them together to do it better. So I think there's a lot in that, that that wraps it up. I like that. And I like this concept of clearing the space. Um, I mean, for me, I think about the idea of not only amplifying what designers can do, uh, because, you know, obviously if you don't have the operations to support them, they end up potentially reinventing the wheel again and again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also an opportunity to allow them to either um, delegate the 
kind of mundane aspects of design to just things like design systems and to people to use those systems who might be junior designers or they might be non-designers in, in certain contexts, might be an admin, might be an HR person, might be an, a writer, whatever the case may be. Let's face it, a lot of uh, non-designers are, are increasingly tasked with design roles of yeah. one type or another, small d design. Um, and then, you know, like the nice aspect of that, it seems, Michael, is you're able to then allow people with um, strong design skills and experience to focus on the really hard problems. Yeah, that's true. You know, and I back to your point, it really is to take design into a position of scale to make it big requires everybody. It doesn't just require designers. And um, some designers are very into it. Some designers are very into the tools and resources that they, they work with. Uh, and are about jumping in and helping roll those things out and be participatory in the process of kind of that in the weeds, more, more operational things. And some just aren't. Um, some people in the company like to take some of the things that we're doing in, in experience design and bring it into their communications channels. So for me, a lot of it has been working with connected tissue. You know, where does it make the most sense uh, for the things that we're doing in experience design and the rest of the company is doing naturally on their own and making those connection points to bring it to scale. So that's a, you know, a nice place to, um, to have continuity and, uh, and, and broadcast it. I like that, I like that uh, idea of uh, connective tissue. Um, and, and here's another metaphor that, that's probably pretty lame and it's probably stolen from John Colco. I think a lot of organizations are, have been really fixated on design thinking and are, are the next step is, all right, let's staff up to do the design thinking. Well, at a certain point, you gotta get to design doing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, John. And um, uh, I, I think that's kind of where we are with a lot of organizations that are either doing this in earnest uh, and I'm sure you guys are certainly one of those organizations that's leading the way at Autodesk, but there's, you know, a lot of people that are just sort of at square one where they're, they're just becoming aware that operations is critical for design and, or maybe they're, they're slightly further along than that. And they're, they're starting to see about maybe not building an operations organization, but bringing it up with leadership. So that's a question for you. I'm curious to ask, um, you know, you're, you know, you're a chief of staff. That's a really interesting title. Have you, did you kind of start there or did you have to help build a case at Autodesk for uh, taking on operations as a, as a thing in and of itself for design? Yeah. So prior to coming into Autodesk, I was a, a VP of operations um, for Juxt, which was an experiential marketing firm. And um, it was a natural path for me. I started as a designer. I became a developer. I started overseeing teams as a producer and program manager. I started overseeing departments and then I was leading that agency. So, um, and the operational aspects were a really important part of it. You know, clearing that space again for people to do great things. Uh, Maria reached out to me with that title in mind. She said, hey, I need the chief of staff over here. How about it? And I, you know, it was one of those opportunities when I was looking at where I was in my life. Uh, to take the next step, which is I have a lot of experience in agency life. I've kind of taken it as far as I had hoped to go. And I survived 25 years of that. And looking at what, you know, I was preparing to move on. And I had written these lists of things I wanted to do. And the opportunity lined up, you know, it was like, check, 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 check. And here, you know, it's be careful what you wish for. 
because it shows up. And this is one of those classic examples of it almost showing up verbatim. And for me, you know, just operations has been really important because it lets me be of service to people. And I think that's a really important mindset to go into design operations with is, is that we are helping other people do things and for the, the betterment of the whole. Uh, things around communication, around tools and resources, around clear roles and defining career paths, uh, processes and best practices and providing leadership for them to all work together. And like that, at the end of the day, a lot of that doesn't get seen. Uh, you know, it becomes an invisible thing, like coaching teams. You know, the, the champions are still going to be the designers for us. So for me, it's always been about learning to take a backseat, letting the designers be the stars and operating through them. Interesting. So, um, now, you know, it's funny because a lot of people who, who find their way into this role are, are people who've already been inside um, large organizations and have kind of, uh, you know, been there from the very start as the, and kind of had the role grow organically, maybe even around them. Uh, you came in um, to the role from a very different setting, namely the agency world. Uh, has, is it really that different? And I'm also wondering if being in the agency world has prepared you in ways that give you any kind of special advantage as you try to take on this role inside a large organization. Yeah, that's a great question. And it was also part of that rationale of why I chose to go to Autodesk. For me, I wanted to take everything that I had learned in agency space and take it to a new place and go to a new level. Our experience design team in some ways could be looked at as a small agency within the company. We're 18 people. We are, are structured somewhat like an agency and we are of service to the designers. Like our job is to elevate the practice uh, throughout the world. And that really takes a mindset of, of leadership, of identifying programs, about being inclusive of the team. Uh, and ultimately like the designers and stakeholders become like our clients. So there's a map back to agency life working inside of a large organization in the capacity that we do. So I think, um, I think that map was, was rather natural. Now on the other side, yeah, there are a lot of things to learn in a big company. And for me, it's, it's been a process of, of adaptive mapping, meaning how are, these are the things that I have done previously. Those are, those are good for me to have as an, applying them into this environment. It's, you know, the last, the largest agency I was with was maybe 500 people. And this company is close to 9,000 people global. And that, that adds a lot of things. It adds a lot of stakeholders. It adds a lot of people. It adds a lot of conversations. It adds a lot of approvals. Uh, you know, everything becomes magnified. So I think for me, that was the biggest uh, and still something to continue working with is the, the vast scale, you know, taking design to scale. The right people are involved as, as genuine partners throughout the whole process um, and treating them, in my mind, much like they were clients in the past, they are now stakeholders and partners. And so that's interesting. You, you, you actually used a term, I think, to describe your own. Uh, path, but I think it applies here, adaptive uh, mapping. If you are a service organization to designers, you constantly have to be retrawing what those lines are about for scope are, right? I mean, yeah. uh, at one point, your organization may be focused uh, more on uh, the more technical aspects of, of, of delivering uh, uh, pattern libraries. Uh, at another point, you may be uh, working more on, on 
uh, helping uh, people in the organization develop their soft skills or, or some other aspect. And what you're delivering might at one point be a product. At another point, it might be education and so on. Yeah. Does that, um, can you, I, I gotta imagine there's no other way to do it, but you constantly have to be looking at what you're offering. Yep. But are you under pressure uh, to, to be offering all those things at once. So That's what we're doing, yeah, we have. Yeah, I mean, you, you have uh, around the organization, with certainly 9,000 people, you, you've got to serve, I imagine, people that are just starting off who maybe, you know, with a cutting edge service you're delivering is the kind of thing that they need now. But that's what you were doing three years ago. Uh, meanwhile, you've got the, the really advanced clients, if you will, for your team and for your services needing something much different. It's like you've kind of, you know, the future is here, it's unevenly distributed. You've got that uneven distribution. Can you support all those offerings simultaneously? Yeah, that's people? a great question. I'll say this, uh, you know, we have to work one too many as a group. You know, 18 of us working out to stakeholders and designers. So you spread that net out and then outward to the entire product group, which is three or 4,000 people and then out to the rest of the company. So it really is an effort of, of really strategic uh, relationship mapping and intention and purpose to push that stuff out. Uh, we have four big priorities. You know, one is to ship quality to make sure that what we do is a lovable thing in every instance and, and mm -hmm. you know, help make that happen with everything we do at Autodesk. The second is to connect experiences. So when people are on one uh, tool, they can move over to another and carry data, carry similarities, and make it so that it doesn't feel like a disjointed experience. Uh, the third is to focus on customers. You know, we have a, we have a there's a poster somewhere that says we are, you know, we want to be the most customer-centric company in the world. And that's a big lofty goal, but that's huge for us. You know, listening to the customer, putting research front and center, and getting that to become a part of our day-to-day -day practice in the product teams is huge. And the last is to build community, you know, a sense of purpose bigger than just designers in their product groups. It's about being a designer in the company, about Autodesk. So, you know, those are all big things. Inside of those are, are also big programs. We have a hate program that's our, our number one priority. We have a connected experience program. We have uh, the new design uh, home website. So. You know, inside of this, we probably have 20 or so different programs of varying priorities. And yes, this has to follow, uh, and you may have alluded to it, you know, more of an agile process. We have to look at what we're doing every few months, make sure it's still of best service to the company where it's going, and adapt those accordingly. Sometimes they'll be sunset, sometimes they'll be, you know, startup new. Um, and that comes with its own pains and joys. You know, if you're on something that's working well and it just isn't of high value, it just can't stay. Um, it, you know, radical prioritization, that's something we've been, that's a term that I've used and that our group has used uh, and that's been around Autodesk, you know, being really intentional and purposeful in something when you're in it. It's overwhelming. And I think that's part of the challenge with uh, uh, design uh, of any type, whether it's operations or what have you, in any large organizational context. Um, I know from, from uh, prior conversations we've had that you rely quite a bit on storytelling. Is that a way that you make sense and, and kind of keep yourself from drowning in the, the scale and complexity of, of doing yeah. design ops? Yeah, I really do. I think that um, you know, it was a technique that I had used a, a while back in, in being a producer. I mean, I was a storyteller. You know, I went to art and design school. I was an illustrator. 
uh, I did work around creating things. And that carries with me through today. And I think it's very, very um, applicable and a good technique to use, which is almost like writing uh, where you want to go. You know, it's that sort of seeing where you're going and being able to define it, putting the high beams on and knowing how to get there. So for me, uh, you know, boiling the ocean, yeah, that, that'll kill all of us because it's just too much. So how can I, but knowing where we're going and keeping ourselves on that path and iterating it as much as possible is important. So I think storytelling is a big part of it. You know, having, a, having a clear goal, like this is what I would like to see the tools and resources look like in two or three years out. Here's how I would imagine designers are working together and having a narrative for that. I think that's really important. And then in that narrative, sort of the interconnectivity of things can start to come to life. Like you can start to imagine what it would be like if, if designers worked this way together, how would that affect communications or how would that affect processes and things start to come together. But, you know, back to the point of being agile, we can't hold on to anything too tightly. So it has to be really, you know, flexible, high level, big purpose um, milestones. Um, and knowing that, that the specifics inside of those also have to be really real. Like we can't get by with just vague deliverables. They have to be very specific and, and make their way into product. That's the ultimate win. Well, um, the story's got to change then. And uh, it's going to work for different kinds of people, apparently. Not only uh, within your organization, uh, certainly within your team, but with your customers. Yeah. Um, I, but I can't really think of a better way to tie it all together. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to what you'll have to say at the uh, inaugural Design Ops Summit. Yeah, I'm really uh, looking forward to that too. I think it's a great topic. I think a lot of people will benefit from um, the, the different collective that you're going to pull together uh, and really give them some great direction on how to make these things a reality. I think a lot of these pieces and parts to this are in play, but ultimately it's a great art of bringing them all together and, and making it a more formal uh, offering and practice within companies. Well, it'd be great to have you in New York this November. Uh, again, the Design Ops Summit is taking place November 6th through 8th. More information at designopsummit.com. Michael Polivka, uh, Chief of Staff, and, or Director and Chief of Staff for Experience Design at Autodesk. It's been a pleasure to have you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you not only uh, in New York in November, but uh, in a few days in San Francisco at the Autodesk Gallery. That would be great, Lou. Thank you again. Thanks for joining us.